join with me for the next few minutes while I share with you a series of thumbnail truths that the Lord has laid in my heart to leave with you in these strange and difficult times. My thumbnail this afternoon is taken from the Acts of the Apostles in chapter 1 and verse 8. It reads as follows, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. These words were spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples. In fact, these were the final words of Christ before his ultimate and final ascension back to heaven to be with his heavenly Father. These words are Christ's great commission to his disciples. Here is the mandate for world evangelism. Here's the blueprint for world evangelism. You see, Acts 1 and verse 8 is really an index, I believe, of the whole book of Acts. And I want to share four things with you from this text of Scripture. Think about the people for evangelism, but ye. That's a reference to the disciples, those that were saved, those that are born again of the Holy Spirit, those that are genuinely and truly converted to Christ through saving faith in him. You see, you cannot faithfully and truthfully serve God until you're saved. I want you to understand that. You cannot serve God until you're genuinely and truly saved. And I believe this afternoon in every believer evangelism. This is not just a job for the minister or a job for the elder or something for the deacons to do. If you're genuinely converted and truly saved, then every one of us has a duty and responsibility to be a witness unto Christ. We're to witness to the reality of Christ. Christ is real. We're to witness to the redemption of Christ. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed through the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We testify to a resurrected Savior. He's alive. He's arisen. He's ascended. We testify to a reigning Christ. We have bowed the knee like Thomas, my Lord and my God. The book of Proverbs says, where there's no vision, the people perish. And one of the greatest needs, I believe, of the Christian church is to have a fresh vision of who the God of the Bible is. A fresh vision of the person and work of Christ. A fresh vision of the doctrine of salvation. The doctrine of the Holy Spirit. But we also need a fresh vision of the preciousness of the souls of men. If I asked you what is man's greatest need, I believe the answer ought to be from the mouth of every Christian, man's greatest need is to be genuinely and truly saved. And of course, man's greatest need can be met only through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's hope. There is truth. There's certainty in Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But also think secondly of the places for evangelism. Our text mentions in Jerusalem. That's a reference to the home mission field. That's the place to start. 
the very place where the Lord Jesus was crucified. That was the hardest place for the disciples because this is the place where they were found living to serve God. And, you know, starting with our family and friends is probably the hardest place to be a true witness to Christ. It was Robert Murray McShane said that we should so live the Christian life in the home so that we could sell the pet parrot to the local town gossip. You, you, you think of that. We're to start with our family. We're to start with our friends. We're to start with those that are living all around us. And we're to have a, a living testimony to the real, redeeming, resurrected, reigning Christ. But we're also to have a lip testimony. And that's very important that we not only show it, but we say that we belong to Christ. Also, it mentions here, and in all Judea, that, that's um, the uh, countryside all around us. We ought to have a loving concern for our community. We, we think of those in our community, the same culture, the same language, the same environment, under the same government. And what's their greatest need? Their greatest need is to know something about the salvation of their precious souls. And we should think about our countryside. And that is very, very important that we reach out uh, further afield. Remember, we read of Paul and Barnabas. They were living and serving God in Antioch. That was their home mission field. And then they were called from that by the Holy Ghost who said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to. And they became really the first foreign missions. They, they left their home front and they moved further afield into the countryside. And of course, then it mentions Samaria. And it's very interesting because Samaria represents a neighbouring country that's in close proximity to you. The late Dr. Paisley used to talk about the Republic of Ireland as our spiritual Samaria. It's interesting that there was real religious racial tension between the Jews and Samaritans. They looked upon each other as enemies of God and the gospel. They had a different religion. Of course, the Lord Jesus taught that salvation is of the Jews. And of course, this uh, animosity and this um, uh, feeling of um, uh, hatred, it, it spilled over into the life of the gospel. Because none of the apostles obeyed Christ's great commission at that time. They were concerned with Jerusalem. They were concerned with Judea, but they forgot about Samaria. It was only when Philip was sent, remember he was a deacon, and revival broke out. And then what happened? Of course, then some of the leadership, some of the 12, wanted to be involved in that revival. And what is true then, of course, in relation to the church and missionary work is equally true today. It's oftentimes the leadership are very slow, very quick to respond to the genuine need. And it's only when others have opened up the door that they begin to follow in behind. Think of the words, the uttermost parts of the earth. There's the foreign mission fields, those of a different language and a different culture. And we're to reach them with the gospel. I love that command of Christ, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I believe in every creature evangelism. Do you know that there's a little chorus that's precious to me? It's to do with the children. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And I want to tell you, all lives matter because all have a precious soul. 
and all are made image bearers of God. And, and it's so important that we reach them and tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. The great John Wesley, he was an Arminian. Him and I would have difference theologically, but he was a man of God, a man whose shoes I wouldn't be fit to even untie. But you know what that man of God said? The world is my parish. He had a burden for the souls of men. And, and we need to have these places of evangelism in our mind. Think not only of the people of evangelism and the places for evangelism, but think of something else, something that's equally important. The purpose of evangelism. Witnesses unto me. We're not going to evangelize people to teach them about our culture or to change them into our way of thinking in life. We're not going to Ulsternize them or Americanize them or Englify them. We're going to the world of men, whether it's Jew or Arab, whether it's Russian, Chinese, whether it's Irish or English or Scottish or Welsh, and we're going to tell them of Jesus the mighty Savior. We're going to be a witness for Christ. And what does a witness do? He tells what he knows. He tells the truth. He's a faithful witness. Do you know that this word witnesses, it comes from the Greek word martyrio. And do you know what it means? It means a martyr. It's from which we get the English word martyr or martyrdom. And, and, and a witness is faithful unto death. He refuses to recant. He, he re stands for the truth. And even people reject the truth, refuse the truth. The witness is still faithful to the blood in the book. We're called to be witnesses unto Christ. And that's very important that we understand that. You see, some, of course, go with the power of the sword and they tell men to convert like they did under the order of the Jesuits in the 14th, 15th, 16th century. And people were put to the sword because they refused to recant and, and renounce the teaching of the Bible and, and that salvation was by faith alone and Christ alone through grace alone and, and returned to the mother church. They were put to death for that. People today are still being put to death in their thousands like they were in the first century because they're faithful to the blood in the book. But we're still called to be witnesses and that's the purpose of evangelism. We're witnesses unto Christ and as we witness and testify of Christ then we let the Holy Spirit do the work and, and through the word and by the Spirit people are converted. Let me share this last thought, the power for evangelism. But ye shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Could I remind you, if you're a true believer, you're born of the Spirit. You're also indwelt by the Spirit. You're led by the Spirit. The Bible talks about the promptings of the Spirit, especially in the area of prayer. It talks about praying in the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. But do you know anything of the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Remember Micah said, I am full of power. Hi. By the Spirit of God. And that's what we need. We need to be clothed upon by the power of the Spirit of God. The Lord Jesus said, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And in every believer evangelism, going to every creature, we need to be full of the power of the Spirit of God. We need to have the Spirit of grace and wisdom about us. But we need to have the Spirit of power, a Spirit of love, a love for the souls of men. Let the love of Christ constrain us as we go. A, 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 a love where, where we're not only full of power, but we're full of a sound mind as well. And we're going with the object of reaching them uh, for Christ and the gospel. I, I finish for Paul said this, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. 
but be filled with the Spirit. And our greatest need, my greatest need, every believer's greatest need is to be full of the Spirit of God. And I believe you can be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We need that as a daily process. We need it as an ongoing process because we leak. We, we crunch and grieve and vex the Spirit. But remember, only by the power of the Spirit can this work be done. And the whole of Asia was opened up because these men were endued with the power of the Holy Ghost. So you think of this blueprint for evangelism. You think today of this great commission and remind yourself of the people that's to go. Every believer, we have a responsibility and a duty. Remember the places we're to go to, starting at home, in Judea, our Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth, were to be concerned for the home and foreign mission field. And then remember this purpose, we're to be a witness to Christ. And remember the power. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not in my strength, my energy, my ability. It's the power of the Spirit of God. May the Lord have mercy upon us and make us like Micah, full of power by the Spirit of God. Pray for me to that end. Thank you for listening.